the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. They are communicating with guys just like all of us are communicating by Zoom meeting, by text messaging, by video messaging. They're staying in touch. They're conference calling with the coaches. He said twice a day. They're not going into the facility. The facility is closed. Uh, They're observing that. So they're doing what they can do. They're getting workouts from Mickey Marotti. They guys, some guys have gone home. I asked about the freshman quarterbacks. Jack Miller's back in Arizona. C.J. Stroud is back in Rancho Cucamonga, California. He admitted, yeah, it retards their development, but this is the world we're dealing with. So they're persevering through all that. It is a little bit, though, Chris, like turning the clock back closer to your era and even further back than your era. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little bit different, a little bit different. But, uh, hey, look, if it's good enough for Ryan Day and it's good enough for the Ohio State Buckeyes, the social distancing that uh, the government has asked us to observe now for another month, uh, we can get through it. Good morning, everybody. It's a Monday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. I'm Bruce Hooley, live from the laundry room, overlooking my oceanfront property, Mr. Spielman. How are you this Monday morning? Well, you got a little flood going on? Oh, yes. A little flood going on here in the backyard as the sun comes up out in the hinterlands. The big Darby's overflowed its banks. <laughs> and, uh, okay. We got uh, we got Lake Hooley back here, which we get about three, four times a year. Well, that's a positive way to look at it. Yes, it's beautiful. You know, it's beautiful. You, know, you, could, you could be depressed about it or angry about it, but... You can't do anything about it, so you might as well embrace it. Yeah, the mess that it leaves uh, once the water recedes is not fun to go out and clean up. But, uh, hey, you know, it is what it is, and there are worse things that could happen. And we had well, one of them happen yesterday, so we'll get to that a little bit later on in the podcast. You've had quite a weekend, sir. You are becoming like uh, uh, the Columbus, Ohio version of the Dude Perfect show or any of these other viral videos a big hit, your how to tackle, how to strip the toilet paper, how to do uh, workouts while bringing in the groceries. Congrats, sir, on, uh, you know, lifting people's spirits and having some fun. Well, here's the thing. Um, what happened to me? I mean, I, I, uh, I remember before we were getting ready to go to bed, sitting on the end of the bed talking to Carrie, and this is before all this COVID-19 stuff it was about the hit, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew what was coming with the social distancing and governor DeWine was slowly each day shutting things down as he should just to be safe. And I was walking around the house and everybody around the house was a little down that day. So before we went to bed that uh, night, I said, Carrie, let me tell you something, how I feel about this because there was a lot of unknowns then, right? We know more now than we did know then. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I said, here's how I work. And, and, I, and this was a little bit of a discovery. And, I, and even going back to, to the fighting the cancer days, I said, what crushes me and what angers me is that if I don't know what I, what's going on, the what if, right? I always talk about the what if, so I'm playing the what if game. But if I start playing the what if game, that drives me crazy. But once I know what I'm fighting, and I told Carrie this, I said, what that does, it gives me a chance to finally fight back and not just sit and wait and take it and take it and take it. It gives me a chance to do something, to take action, to be proactive and to fight back. And so I told her, so what I'm going to try to do, and not only in uh, this COVID-19 situation that we have going on 
I'm going to be more positive. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be uh, uplifting. I want I want people because I know people are down. I know people are anxious, and I know people are are nervous, or even some in some cases might be scared, and rightfully so. So what can I do? I can bring, I think, an air of positivity. I can bring, uh, hopefully, a little bit of football knowledge, or at least what I believe to be good football knowledge. I can bring a conversation to people that normally I don't get to converse with. And so how do I grow from that? How does Chris grow from that? I grow from that from this way, that you've known me a long time, and you are one of the very few people in this world that really knows me you know mm-hmm. uh, a lot about me and so i said to myself no look if i can open myself up to, to certain people and if i can be a positive uh influence on somebody if i can have a positive impact on somebody or if i can make somebody smile or i can give uh a mom can tell her son or dad can tell his son, hey, while you're bringing those groceries in, do side lateral raises yeah. up in upright rows. And if that makes them smile or that gives them something to do or that it, it just changes it up for them, then I believe that that's my job now. That's what I am called to do. And I heard something in, in uh, one of the churches this week. I watched about 19 different churches Mm -hmm. and a question was asked if we ask where's god now well the answer could be well where did you put him yeah and so so i brought him back out and put him at the top and saying okay lead me and show me what i can do and i know some people will you know be offended or not like what i do or say or whatever which is which is fine but i also know that um that I can kind of do something in a positive way that's always not so drear and negative or glass half empty type thing. And so I've made that decision, Bruce, to to try to be positive. Because I believe this, and I know you do too, that, look, it, and this is not, I'm not, this is not sexist in any way, but this is how I view it. As a husband and a father, it is my job to lead this house. It's my, because I know, and I don't know if it's just my house or it's other houses, that my family takes my lead. Yes, absolutely. If I'm, if I'm in the tank, they're in the tank. Yeah, absolutely right. You know, they take my lead. And I have a duty that when they are uh, struggle with anxiety or, or, or worry, or they're nervous or scared about something. I'm not going to diminish whatever. I'm going to acknowledge that, but I'm going to try and do my best to make them feel comforted and protected and reassured. That's my job as a husband and a father, and it's one that I take very seriously. And so the best weapon that I can use when I go into that fight of leadership, and it is a fight, sometimes is that I am going in with uh, positivity, with a, a sense of confidence. And I, I talk to my kids and, and myself about this all the time, whether we're competing in life or we're competing at work or we're competing on the field, 
or in the weight room, whatever it may be, you walk into that place confident. Confidence is your performance. If you're confident, your chances of having a great performance or whatever you want to call it, uh, of being confident when you walk in there, genuine confidence, not, not cockiness, but genuine confidence, uh, your chances of, to succeed are greater than they would if you go in there with, well, I don't know, or, well, you know, bad things are going to happen. Why bother anyway? Yeah, those are like, se- those are self handicapping statements. I can't yeah. do it. We'll never get through this. How am I going to survive? I'm so bored. Those are all yeah. self handicapping statements. Don't do that. So that's kind of, kind of the, the, the decision that I made. I'm, I'm really actually quite surprised at the response that some of these videos have gotten. I mean, all the videos total, if you add them all up, I mean, it's probably close to around, I don't know, two, probably 250,000 views on all of them, which Mm -hmm. is crazy, crazy to even think about. But I try to make them fun. And I thought, you know, it's funny when, when I have a helmet with no face mask on or, you know, just people are getting a kick out of watching you tackle your wife or, yeah. you know, uh, go through drills, <laughs> lightly, <laughs> lightly stated drills with Macy. And it's just and, and, you know, look, I mean, a lot of uh, the popularity of any radio host or podcast host is relatability and people get what they think are a window into our lives. You know, you and I have yeah. joked over the years about personal things in your life personal things in my life, the horse and this, that, and the other. And when people get a glimpse into your home gym and they get to see, you know, you interacting with your family and you having fun with taking a, a, a concept and making, you're not make you, you're a little bit making light of it, but you're having fun. You're taking it very seriously on tape and it, it lets your sense of humor out. It shows a lightheartedness and an airiness that I think is refreshing at this time because we can get, oh, woe is me. And there's no productive no no productivity in oh woe is me so there's no No. use engaging in it that's the thing i mean that's that's why for me what i thrive on is once i know the opponent once i have a game plan then that's all i ask is that opportunity to fight back it was the same with cancer it was the same it's the same with this type of situation obviously you know cancer and this are are two different things but once the the beautiful thing that I thrive in in the world that I that makes me feel alive is when I can compete, you know, and I have a a, a challenger ahead of me. Uh, and I don't know if it's easy for people to relate that you know cancer is a is the is the challenger, or that COVID nineteen or the situation that we're under at least is the challenger. And so now I know what to do and how to fight back, and how I can make a small difference in that very big fight. Uh, it's a, a lot of it is just controlling your thoughts, changing your thoughts. As I said before, if you change your thoughts, you'll change how you feel. If you change how you feel, yeah. you'll change how you act. And I'll have more on that at the end of the podcast as we get into the faith element. Uh, let's uh, talk a little bit of sports, a little bit of current events. I guess overnight the FDA approved a new treatment that uh, has been touted by both President Trump and Governor Cuomo, so we're not trying to, you know, endorse any uh individual politics here it's the chloroquine treatment they've had anecdotal success with it in france i think 78 at 80 people uh responded to it uh five day recovery as opposed to 14 day recovery 
So that's promising. So hopefully, you know, this synergy between the private sector and the public sector and us being a little bit more willing in the uh, at the uh, FDA level to, uh, you know, maybe allow some things that, and in a perfect time when it's not a pandemic they wouldn't allow. Hopefully we'll get good right. news on that, and hopefully that'll lead to sports getting back on the field sooner. The sports that I think is probably most uh, pressing that's going to happen the soonest is the NFL draft. Uh, which uh, I don't know how they're going to unfold it. Peter King makes the point in his column today that Roger Goodell may announce the picks from his house and that that would be good optics for the league, that they're observing social distancing and all that. You've talked about Rick's not allowed in the facility. And Goodell, I guess, is not going to allow anybody to be in their facility if, let's say, yeah. one governor says nobody can be, you know, NFL in their facility is not essential. So the Rams can't be in their facility. Well, if the Rams can't be in their facility, then Goodell's not going to let anybody be in their facility. So how the Vikings are doing it, from my understanding, and this is subject to change, so I, I just want to say this is my understanding, and I could be wrong. Uh, they are at a hotel in, by Mall of America, I believe. I'm not sure where it is. Mm-hmm. They're in Bloomington, hotel. Minnesota, yeah. And they have a conference room, and it's just Rick and George Payton, you know, and everybody else is set up via video from their homes. And the reason why, like Rick can't do it at his house because he doesn't have the the technology uh, ability to do it from his house. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be two guys, from my understanding, at a hotel trying to do this, and so. They have all they're having all the IT stuff set up and what they need, and it's going to be very challenging for these teams. But like I said on our previous podcast, these guys have always been uh, these guys are really smart guys, and I'm not saying it because I'm saying it by all the general managers. You don't get to that position, right, uh, of being a general manager of a team or a leader of a team without being a smart guy. You tend to adjust on the run. And you figure things out, you know, that's, that's, um, that's why I think I talked to Rick yesterday. Obviously he doesn't want it like this, but I sensed a, uh, uh, not an excitement in his voice, but I think he's like me. Okay. Now I know the rules. Now I can, <laughs> now I can do something about it. You know, it's just the uncertainty that kind of brings me in maybe Rick and maybe a lot of other people. It's the uncertainty where we're stuck in pause or hold a holding pattern, right? Hey, I got a little tip for Rick Spielman. Okay, I just thought of this. All right, I hate. All right, go ahead. Body language is about, according to some studies, sixty percent of communication. So, since they can't meet with these guys in person, they're meeting with them on video conferencing. What do you think of asking Rick? Hey, Rick, why don't you guys get a body language expert to watch your video interviews with these guys and tell you what their body language is saying? That's not a bad idea. I I mean, I'm sure he's probably thought of that because, but I don't know um, if they have access. I mean, on a normal situation, they have certainly have access to psychological reports and Mm -hmm psychiatrists and whoever else is involved in that and uh, psychologists and psychiatrists. So uh, I, I will ask him that. Um, I think he, I'll certainly pass that on. And if he 
takes if he says it's a good idea, yeah, he'll implement it. I'll certainly let you know. That'd be great. And I'll give you credit. I'll make sure that he gives you credit and I give I don't, you credit. I don't care. I don't need the credit. Oh, that's, I'm oh, just trying oh, to help oh, my Hey, look. Oh, I'm 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 afraid he's gonna field a secondary with no cornerbacks after everybody's leaving up there. So tell him I want I want him to make sure he has th- four, you know, four corners on his roster. So that's why I'm helping him out. The one thing you don't need to worry about with Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer is that if there's a lot of draft picks and there's corners in the draft, they'll probably get drafted by the Vikings. Fantastic. Uh, that's that's been proven over time. Uh, we want to remind you that the official coffee of the Spielman and Hooley podcast is Hemisphere Coffee Roasters. Uh, it's uh, Spielman approved. He likes the coffee from Nicaragua, from Thailand. Are you out yet? Does Andy need to send you some more K cups? Yeah, I am. Okay. Actually, I, I had to go to a different brand, but I think Carrie was going to order some off the internet. But we're we're actually uh, we're actually in the process of uh, I think we're moving. Are you really? Yes. Yes. I think uh, we're actually in contract on our house. Now, hopefully that goes through. And we're kind of been looking around for some houses. And and, and I I tried to talk her to coming out to the hinterland. I was going to say, you know, we'll find you a spot out here. (laughs) A bully manor. I said, maybe we can get a houseboat. Yeah. Put it in Bruce's backyard. You could, sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then I can come over and do your chores uh, oh. for for Mrs. Hooley by my linebacker shuffle and slide drill. That'd be wonderful. With a wet towel. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> so what happened? This was like you were going to do this, and then you told me, no, nah, we're staying. And now out of the blue, you're moving. Well, I lead in many capacities in this house. I also follow, like you do. Yes. In many <laughs> Yes, that's part of knowing how to lead is knowing when to follow. In many capacities in this house. And for me, I I said, look, man, I don't I don't care where we live. Is that does it have can I have a weight room and cable? If I can have weight room and cable, I can live anywhere. Mm-hmm. I have lived anywhere and everywhere. I've lived in a like many of us growing up or, or starting off our young adult life, even when I was a rookie in the NFL. Myself and Eric Andelsack, uh lived in a one-bedroom apartment where he slept on the couch on um, the odd, odd, odd days, and I slept on the couch even days, and we sh- split the bed, or we shared the bedroom. Uh, not shared it, but you know what I mean. We yeah, alternated yeah, alternated on, who got the bedroom on, the bedroom. on what night. Yeah, yeah, it, we were NFL players. You know, we could we could have afforded our own apartment, but yeah. we didn't think like Crack that. your wallet open, dude. Because Eric was from Tippetto, Louisiana, and I was from, you know, Massillon, Ohio, right, where I shared a bedroom with my brother. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, we just didn't think like that. And so, for me, um, you know, it's give me cable and let me have my own gym. That's the only thing I ever want in my life in a house is my own gym. That's all I've ever asked for. That's all I put in. Every one of my houses. I don't care what the floors colors are. I don't care what the fixture. I mean, she's. She's talking about fixtures that she saw in one of these houses. And I, you know what my question was? What the hell's a fixture? Yeah, probably. <laughs> exactly. Well, wherever you head to, we'll get the address and we'll get uh, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters to ship direct to your house. And for those of you who'd like yeah. to order, use the promo code WETACKLELIFE in all caps. You'll get 15% off. Great coffee direct great. from the grower in Nicaragua and in Thailand. And the best thing is they do great things for the people in those uh, countries. 
planting churches, uh, saving women in Thailand from uh, human trafficking, giving them uh, work that allows them to provide for their families. Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, really great people, and they have many, many, many flavors. Uh, Spiels likes the Nicaraguan blend, uh, K-Cups. I want to try the other ones, Bruce. Okay. I'll tell, uh, I'll tell Andy and Paul that, and we'll, uh, okay. we'll get you some, uh, some different stuff sent to your house. Uh, I don't think you need extra caffeine in the morning, so we'll maybe keep the breakfast. <laughs> we'll keep breakfast blend away from you, but uh, we'll, get you, we'll get you hooked up, and we've gotten rave reviews from all of our listeners uh, via email, SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, back to the NFL draft for a second. Peter King has a thing in his column this morning about a safety from Cal who was unable to work out at the Combine. And he's now obviously limited in his ability to interact with teams. He can't go to facilities and work out. He, his pro day was canceled. And this is what I thought today as I was thinking what we could talk about, about the dilemma of J.K. Dobbins. It's exactly the same. J.K. Dobbins had a hamstring injury at the Combine. He chose not to run. He thought he'd have a pro day at Ohio State. He didn't have a pro day at Ohio State. J.K. Dobbins has put a lot of good stuff on tape, but J.K. Dobbins is also competing with DeAndre Swift of Georgia and Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin, two backs who were able to work out at the Combine. Uh, how much do you think, Chris, this is hurting J.K. Dobbins, uh, or do you not expect it to appreciably uh, impact J.K. Dobbins? So they know the argument that used to say, well, uh, who cares about the underwear Olympics, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. combine? My, my film does its talking, right? Right. Uh, and so this is really putting that to the test. It's putting general managers and scouts and decision-makers to the test. How much do you really trust your eyes on what you see on the football field? Now, I, it doesn't hurt, to me, it doesn't hurt J.K. Dobbins because I can put on the tape and see that this guy is fast enough to play in the National Football League. I don't need to see him run. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he runs 4.49 or 4.39 or 4.50 or 4.40, I don't care. I'm speaking if I were a decision maker. I know what kind of running back he is. I know what kind of balance he has. I know what kind of vision he has. I know that he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I know that he's as tough as they get. I know that he fights and claws for every single yard. That's the qualities that I look for in a running back. And I know that when he's in the open uh, field, rarely does anybody catch him from behind. So that's what I see in J.K. Dobbins. So I don't think it hurts J.K. Dobbins as much as um, it would another position. Who it does hurt, and I I feel bad from the kid from Cal, it can hurt safeties and corners and receivers. Because that those positions are directly correlated with speed, mm-hmm. right? Directly correlated with speed, mm-hmm. and so that can hurt those guys a little bit. But for a guy like J.K., I think J.K. is going to be fine. What about a guy like Robert Landers, a guy who has good things on tape, but you'd maybe like to know a little bit more about his athleticism, or a Malik Harrison, somebody like that? Uh, well, I, I I think don't forget now. A lot of these teams have times on these guys from the previous year, mm-hmm. you know. So it, they might not get their best time. But you look at Malik Harrison, and you can talk. I mean, guys talk and have so many relationships throughout uh, the country, from NFL guys to college guys. They all know each other, right? Everybody knows everybody, and there are certain guys that certain NFL people trust when. That NFL guy may ask that college guy, all right, Malik Harrison, seriously, what's he run? Be, you know, the guy's not going to lie to him. And then you put on the tape and say, yeah, I can see why he runs a 4-5. Or, 
I mean, Malik Harrison's probably going to, I would, I think he's a second rounder. I could be wrong. I haven't studied the draft like I normally do, but I think he's a second rounder. I think he's going to be a great pickup. And I talk to enough NFL people because they're always, whenever I go on the road, they're always asking my opinion of, of Ohio State guys. You know, a lot of stuff, too. Of, you hear anything off the field with any of these guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, Malik is plenty fast enough. He probably has a good time, 40 time out there. And guys will call Mickey Marotti or, or maybe uh, Urban or mm-hmm. Luke Fickle, who coached uh, Malik or wh- whatever the case may be. And I say, okay, tell me about the kid, you know, and I do believe it is the coach's duty to be completely honest with a guy inquiring about the kid. But I think like Robert, I don't know enough about Robert to to give you an assessment. I know that, you know, a 40 time isn't his biggest concern because he's a defensive lineman. Right. I think what his biggest concern is, what he do in the short shuttle or something like that. But then, you you know, you have to put on the tape and you can see if he has the burst. Can he can he flip his hips? Can he can he counter on a pass rush move? Where's his hand placement against the run? Does he get driven off the ball? Can he fight a double team? Does he have awareness and instinct? And so it goes back to my very first point that when you make an evaluation on these kids now, you have to make an evaluate a pure football evaluation. And I like that. And nobody else does, but I like that because why? Because I was a guy that wasn't a great combine guy. But I think my film uh certainly if you were just to go off my combine numbers, Bruce, I would have been a fifth rounder. Mm-hmm. What got me to the second round was my short shuttle and most importantly I believe my film. I was a pretty productive player in college. Yeah, no doubt about that. And uh by the way uh, we want uh, that production. Uh, Mr. Spielman's in the NFL, which has prospered him in life uh, to be passed on to you because we are giving away, courtesy of Chris, on Friday, uh, four $100 checks. Uh, uh, remember, we changed it. I was going to, I didn't want to commit. Like, it is five? I changed that. Okay. So it's five. $500 awarded on Friday and five $100 increments. Nominate someone you know who could use the money based upon the cutbacks that have happened because of COVID-19 precautions. Email SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. We'll draw the names out of a hat on Friday, and we'll send those checks out just like we sent them out this morning to our four winners from last Friday. So oh, I'm excited to hear what happened. Get those in. Well, I have. Uh, they went out in the mail. This uh, the, They go out in the mail this morning. Okay. So we'll, uh, you, we picked the four winners. On... We picked the four winners on Friday, yes. Yeah. And with okay. two of them I know were waitresses. Uh, who were displaced from their job by the owner of their uh, restaurant who nominated them. Uh, another is a pastor who's going to pass the money along to a oh, single yeah, mom with five children. And the other, I believe, was for a, I want to believe, a contractor who's giving it to his brother. So uh, people helping people. That's what it's all about. And uh, get those nominations in. Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. All right, our man Kirk Herbstreet made uh, news on Thursday, Friday, when he yeah. said this on ESPN Radio. I'll be shocked if we have NFL football this fall, if we have college football, uh, because how are you going to get guys? I don't have the rest of the quote in front of me, but that was the that was the money quote. I'll be shocked if we have NFL football or college football this fall. Uh, should be noted, Herbie is a germaphobe. Correct? Herbie's a big-time uh-huh. germaphobe. 
But I'm not diminishing. I'm just I'm just having some fun with him, and he would right. he would chuckle about that too. I mean, it's not an unreasonable opinion because there are a lot of things. What if players refuse to play? Uh, colleges, do they want to deal with the fallout of we come back, we practice? Uh oh, so and so player tests positive for COVID. Although with the privacy rules, if a kid tests positive for COVID, they're never going to tell us. Right. But it's uh, it's because of Herbie's status and stature uh, in college football that made national headlines that he does not think he says well he'll be shocked if we have football this fall this is an ever-changing uh news narrative on this disease uh in two weeks that might look like it was a an opinion full of foresight in two weeks if we get a vaccine or if we get response to this treatment that's been approved last night it might look like a totally different picture well, I just think we don't know. I think we have to plan for the season. I thought Ryan Day answered it best. You know, that's not something uh, that he can, Ryan can think about right now. He has to plan like they're moving forward. Um, I like to think that there's going to be some type of solution. Because um, I had a conversation with somebody who was an atheist. Mm-hmm. And I a lot tons of respect for him. Uh, I consider him a friend. And he said, you know, you, Chris, you got to stop with the uh, prayers. I believe in science. I don't believe in prayer. I don't know if you've heard that before. I've heard that before. That, yeah, I've heard that before. I think that seems to be like a, a call for some people. Or you know, and I said, oh. Buddy, you don't even understand how much I believe in science. I believe in science more than you believe in science. But the other thing is, I believe that God created science mm-hmm. and gave scientists the knowledge to practice science and to investigate science. So I think that there's going, for whatever reason, there's going to be some type of solution. I don't have any proof of that. I have a gut feeling that there's going to be some type of solution. I actually think there'll be a baseball season, uh, probably kicking up here in July, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. I don't know how you feel about that. I kind of, I just feel that. And um, that's just my, my feelings. So I don't know where if Kirk has information that I don't have because he's certainly more connected in the college football world than I am. I don't know if he's talked to athletic directors or presidents or coaches. I think it was more of just a gut feeling. I think it was a gut feeling based upon looking at, you know, I do think there's some ticklish things to work out, and that is how are you going to handle it if somebody on your team tests positive? How long do you quarantine them? What are you going to do if a team, one team in the league gets hit? Are you going to make them forfeit? If they, you know, I I think there are a lot of unanswered questions. I don't think it's as simple as saying, well, the numbers are down, let's play football, and it's going to be business as usual. As we've said, this thing keeps moving and moving and moving, and, you know, the, there's this fear that there'll be uh, a diminishing in the virus in the summertime when it's warm out, and as it kicks back up and gets cold, we may yeah. have a secondary spike. We don't know until we get there. Well, yeah, we don't know, but I, I do think that eventually we'll, like everything, we will figure it out. And I think people will figure it out, and obviously I think the biggest um help help her in that and and i don't know how much this can be expedited but the vaccine is the key to everything from mm-hmm. my understanding i could be wrong but that's how how i understand it so uh we'll see i i i think that the the ability of 
our country, uh, we should not put limits on what we're capable of doing when everybody pulls together. And especially when you have the private sector and the government working together and the government removing the red tape that the private sex sector and rightfully so operates under sometimes. But if you remove that and you let these guys uh, use their, their incredible skill and knowledge to figure something out through a vaccine that, that can be safe for everybody, then I think we'll, we'll uh, get this done. I just, I, and just to counter Herbie, now I'm not disregarding his feelings whatsoever because that's certainly something that I'm concerned about, but I would be shocked if we didn't have a college football season and an NFL season. I would be too because I don't think the public would have the stomach for it. I think yeah. I think you can I think you can postpone an NBA season and you can delay the start of a major league baseball season. But when you say you're gonna cancel college football and cancel the NFL, I don't know that that's gonna fly. I don't know uh, yeah, that that's gonna it, fly. I mean, I, I just think of the mentality of the public as a whole. And, you know, what are we one week or two? We're two weeks into this quarantine or one week? Just one no, week I think or... we're two. We're at least two. Because okay, so today was supposed to be the 15th day of the president's, uh, you know, order to just yeah. everybody sit tight. And then he extended it last night for the month of April. So we're in this for another. And I think people, I think it's helpful to know how much longer, you know, before you reassess. Yeah, but, but I, you know, for me, I think people are all on board. But eventually people are going to say, you know, well, I, I'm, I'm going to live my life i'm not going to be yeah. a slave to COVID 19. I, I agree i really you know eventually people are going to say okay you know i'm going to live my life but i understand why we're doing it now because of we don't want to overburden the healthcare system and we, we want to keep those numbers down as much as possible and i think everybody's on board with that for now do you, do you agree with me i don't I yes i do i don't see this I don't see America having patience for this past. No, I was certainly before. not past Memorial Day. That's yeah, people, people's limit. I mean, you're talking about two more months of this. I don't see yeah. that happening. People are going to start living their life. And that's, I mean, that's just my opinion. Uh, I just, and I don't see us not, I don't see everybody being a slave to COVID-19, in other words. No, Does and I that think. Make sense? Yeah, and I think the scientists, and I have great faith in our doctors and our medical profession, and I think they're going to figure this out. They're visiting their uh, skills and abilities, as you said, that are God-given to them on this, and I think we're going to get uh, a lot of progress, and we're going to have a lot clearer picture of what the actual mortality rates and infection rates and hospitalization rates and everything are with another month of data, certainly. Uh, we want to say congratulations to our friend Dom Tiberi from Channel 10. Yeah. 39 years. He starts, is it 39 years in the rearview mirror today or today's his 39th year? I saw the tweet this morning. I think today's his 39th year. How about that? What a run for Dom Tiberi at Channel 10. Well, Dom's legacy to me is never going to be this uh, local sportscast that he's been known for, even though he was great and he is great and he's a constant and stable. Dom's legacy is going to be Maria's message mm -hmm. and what he's been able to do uh, with a tragedy and turn it into something 
positive and hopefully have helped save lives. So uh, congratulations on a great career, Dom. You're awesome. But what you've done with the loss of your daughter and to spread Maria's message to schools and to kids and to me, I, I mean, I, I'll see a billboard on Maria's message and it reminds me, don't pick up that phone when I'm driving. Yep. And that's your legacy, Dom. And, and that's uh, what I stand in all of with Dom Tiberi. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. And uh, just a great, uh, a great friend, a great guy, um, a lot of fun. And uh, our hearts continue to go out to, uh, to Dom and Terry uh, making, uh, making Maria's legacy resonate uh, for a long, long, long time. All right. As we transition now to the faith portion of the podcast, um, we were talking earlier about thinking and how powerful your thoughts can be. Uh, I have what I'm choosing to believe is going to be a fun day today, Mr. Spielman. I get to spend uh, four and a half-ish hours in uh, the truck with my wife as we drive to Cleveland. Uh, we got a call yesterday morning from our renter up there that uh, they got pounded with rain on Saturday night and their basement flooded. And so we have to go up today and uh, demo the basement and uh, find a contractor who can maybe do some waterproofing around the foundation of the basement and all that. Um, look, it's not fun. I don't want to spend the money on it, but hey, nobody's sick. Nobody's hurt. Nobody's right. been kidnapped. And it's like, okay, you know what? I, I can do this with my wife. We can go up. We can have a day together. And it's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. We have a rental house, okay? It's like, that's a blessing. Don't be wah, 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 you know? So it's just how you choose to think about things. Is it inconvenient? Yes. Is it a welcome? No. But is it the end of the world? No, it's not. So try to keep things in perspective. Try to focus on the good. Um, try to change your thoughts, change your feelings, and change your actions. So that's what I get to do today. Looking forward to it. Leaving right after boy? the pod. Leaving right after the podcast is posted. And that a boy. That's awesome. I love it. Who wouldn't want to spend about four hours with the lovely Mrs. Hooley? Yeah, and we get to drive. We get to drive our truck too. So we both love our truck. So we get to drive our truck and you know That's bash awesome, bash wet drywall off the wall and throw it in garbage cans and yank it up the basement yeah. stairs and take it out to the street and find a dumpster and yeah, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a blast. It's you a, know what it's date night. Doing? You're investing in sweat equity. That's right. It's, it's date night. It. Date night with yeah. the uh, wet drywall and the wet carpet. That's awesome. Good for you. Good attitude, Bruce. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll make a video today. Who knows? <laughs> the old Bruce would have been ticked off and angry. And uh, well, I, I can't not, compete not, with, not your, with your Instagram skills, but I'll maybe try something today. Who knows? My gram game is strong. Yes, your gram game. <laughs> Graham game is strong. By the way, do your kids do your kids make fun of your Instagram game, or is that Audrey yes. behind the camera? My daughter, you know, when I do something on Instagram, she's like, oh, it tells me how you know what I could have done, and I'm like, well, sorry, I don't have a good Graham game. Oh, I let them produce. That's smart. And I've actually, um, my daughters and my stepdaughters are having their friends asking 
to be in the videos. Nice. So I have cred, street cred, gram cred with the younger crowd. I'll say you do. So, all right, my faith thing. First of all, you uh, you know what the word quarantine means? Well, I assume it means uh, sequester, shut yourself off. Quarantine uh, means 40 days. Okay. There was an Italian ship, I guess, that came in the 1700s or something that they put it on. There was an Italian word for it, but they put it in quarantine, and quarantine meant 40 days. So you can see the word qua. I think that's like quattro or whatever. I don't know. But quarantine means 40 days. Mm -hmm. How long is Lent? Lent's 40 days. Gives you something to think about. It gives me something to think about. I just, for whatever reason, there's no science. I just think we're going to see a breakthrough after Easter. Well, you know, 40 is a biblical number. Uh, Jesus yeah. spent 40 days in the wilderness. Um, 40, the children of Israel spent 40 years in the desert. Uh, 40 right. uh, resonates biblically uh, many, many times. And the word quarantine, I don't know. I just call it a gut feeling. I might be wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too optimistic, but I do think after 40 days, we, or after Easter, for whatever reason, I just feel like we're going to start seeing big progress. I'm not going to say we're going to have the problem solved, but I'm going to, I think we're going to start seeing quote unquote signs of life again. That's after Easter, even though we're all going to be under the the president's plan of social distancing and keep away from 65 and older and all that stuff, taking precautions. I just think we're going to start hearing a lot of good news after Easter. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's what I feel. So. Yeah, I hope you're right. What I really hope, though, is that we I hear a lot. Of, I'm ready to resume my life. I, I, I understand that, but it also ter- uh, frightens me a little bit. I view this period of time as a real opportunity from God, uh, maybe even a wake-up call from God yeah, to pause from our busyness. And the word busy is spelled B-U-S-Y, which that can be an acronym for being under Satan's yoke. And we get so caught up in our work and our recreation and our Absolutely. this and our that. And we don't, because I know this because this was me doing morning radio at the zone. I took no time for God. Yeah. And he built a nice, hard delay into my life (laughs) to show me how much he wanted to spend time with me. You can't make time for me getting up at 3.30 in the morning and working a morning radio shift. I'll tell you what, my friend. I'll make sure your mornings are free. So that leads me to my verse that I wanted to share today that I heard yesterday. Do you have your Bible handy? I do. Or do have... I do. No, I do. Right in front of me. Go to uh, John eleven forty through 42, and you can follow along as I read. Tell me when you're ready to go. John eleven forty through 42? Yep. Okay, go ahead. Then Jesus said, uh, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. This is where Lazarus was buried. Then Mm -hmm. Jesus looked upon and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, 
But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. And I read that. And how many times are we uh, surrounded with the feeling of, God, where are you? Do you hear me? You're not hearing me. You're hearing me. And so for whatever reason, when that was read yesterday, and then obviously the the example of faith is Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and when he said, I, he, when he says, I know, not that I think or I believe, I know that you always hear me. I'm only saying this so that these fools, <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. so these, these fools around me believe and hear you too. And to me, it was so reassuring that I want that type of faith. I want that type of, of when I cry out Abba or Father or God, when I cry that out, that I know that he's hearing me. And that was so reassuring to me and so comforting for me. And, and that's why I said earlier in the podcast, if we're around, and what you were saying about when you were doing, when we were doing the mornings at the zone or when you were over there at 3.30 in the morning, and we're asking, where are you, God? And then, and the question was, well, where did you put him? Where did I put him? Did you put him in the back seat? I put him did in storage. <laughs> I put him in. I put him in the pod. You better believe I did. <laughs> then it's no. Then to us, then think about it. Then it's no wonder why we were asking, where are you? Then when Jesus, then I, then I kind of tied those two together when Jesus said. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I have to say this for these idiots. Yeah. <laughs> Not that Jesus would say that. That's no, but I mean it's it's gotta be frustrating. <laughs> I'm I marvel at God's patience and how how <laughs> long he waits and how infinite his patience is. Like I've said, you know, I'm I, I had every advantage. I grew up in a Christian home. I had two loving parents, I had two praying parents, I had every advantage. Yeah. And I've made him wait on me time after time after time after time. But the thing is, like, whenever I'm ready to, like, say, all right, I'm going to unlock the uh, storage container, he's like, okay. I mean, he's, 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 all, he's never like, no, now you can wait on me. No, never. And yeah. he sends, uh, you know, little reminders into my life. And if I don't pay attention to the little reminder, he loves me enough to send me a big reminder. Uh I got up Sunday morning, I do the Facebook Live thing, and the video cut out yesterday, which was unfortunate. But I saw this flood in my backyard, and I was thinking, what do you want me to tell the people today, Lord? And I saw this flood in my backyard, and I thought, you know, that's interesting. Like, Saturday, I was trying to work outside, and it kept raining intermittently. And I got a few things done, and then it would rain. I got a few things done, and then it would rain. Well, that was just a momentary kind of a uh, pause in the day i was able to get some things done in fact the rain helped like with planting of grass it like rained the seed down in the ground but then at night it hailed and then the backyard flooded and i thought that's kind of like god how he talks to me like sometimes he sends a gentle rain to interrupt my day or you know it's a minor inconvenience this that, or the other and i think hmm, wonder what god's trying to tell me but if i don't pay attention to the minor things it's not that he sends the big things the floods the you know, whatever figuratively a flood or a tornado might be because he's mad at me. It's not that he sends it because he's like, Bruce, I miss you. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna ratchet this up. I'm gonna speed up the treadmill of your life just enough that you'll be like, oh, oh, God is calling me God, because He wants that fellowship with me. He wants me to gain from it, and He wants to use me to bless other people and to talk to other people and to use the gifts He's given me. Yeah. Now He doesn't need me to do it for Him. He can do it himself way better than I can do it. He lets me do it, so I get blessed by it. That's why he wants me to do it, because he loves me enough that he doesn't want me to miss out on it. So that's the thing. It's not that God's incapable. It's not that God is needy. It's not, he doesn't do anything for his benefit. He does it for our benefit. Yeah, I agree. I would say that one way to get me to move out to the hinterlands in nearby Hooli Manor would be if I would have drive by there the other day and you looked at your flood and if you would have went down to your barn and you were starting to build an ark, I definitely would have moved out to the Hooli Manor. You would have, huh? What if I'd walked well, what if I'd walked on water? <laughs> That I, I would say I was wrong, dude. You were always right. If I could superimpose the water from yesterday uh, onto today's, I could walk out there because the, most of the water's gone right now. But uh, I'd have to Photoshop oh, that. But yeah, look, it's uh, hey, folks, we are going to get through this. We are. It's just uh, take this next few weeks and say rather than I can't go here, I can't go there. I wah wah wah. I get to be with my wife. I get to be with my kids. I yeah. challenge you, make this time in your life a time where when your kids are getting married and they get up at their wedding and they talk about you, that they look back and they say, you know what was great? Back during that whole COVID thing, we did this as a family. We played board games. My dad made silly videos. We had brunch every Sunday. We did this. We did that. Make it a memory. Whose dad made silly videos? Uh, I was just throwing out, you know, <laughs> a hypothetical. <laughs> just a hypothetical. You know, now you've raised the bar so high. I don't know how you keep up with this. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't really care what if people like it or don't like it. I don't care. They love it. What are you talking about? They love well, it. I'm, I'm just doing, you know, I'm doing it because I think if it makes one person laugh or smile or teaches somebody one lesson in what they can do, then it, I'm all good with it. Here, But my video actually accomplished a miracle. Do you know what that miracle was? Tell me. Well, you commented on one of my videos. <laughs> Do you care to share with the people? Yes. Was? It was you and Carrie, and you were showing how to spike the toilet paper out of her arm. Strip, not spike. Okay, strip. okay. well, one, one was strip, or one was spike. Yeah. It was an yeah. under move and an over move. <laughs> and I watched it, and I was like, okay, well, I want to retweet this. And I want to increase, you know, the fact this is very funny. And I, and I was like, okay, so what can I say that's uh, entertaining? And I was like, I, I got nothing here. I, I have no words. I can't add to this. <laughs> and, and you're, so I said, I retweeted it. I said, I, I, I have no words. And you were like, 
the perfect response. You said, this is a first. And I was like, yes, it was a first. <laughs> I've, I've, miracles do happen during COVID-19 quarantine. Man, um, that was something. You know, that, that, that video, one of the big, I, 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 there's always a little um, sense of humor in there for, and I, I don't know if people were getting this one part, but when, you know how the toilet paper was on the ground and I was showing people how to cover it up? Yes. And I, and I don't know if people got this joke or not, but I like when I have to explain jokes, I get nervous. So <laughs> I said, I said, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of shoppers going for that TP laying on the field there. Did you, did you hear the not players, but the shoppers, a lot of shoppers. Players. Yes. I don't know if you got, if people got that little thing. Then yesterday's video when Carrie, when I, we did the tackling demonstration, I was really People thought I was really angry at Carrie for not holding the ball the proper way. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you admonished her, and she then held it high and tight like she's supposed to. She she got the message. You've coached her up well. She's coachable, dude. Very coachable. You. Well, uh, um, keep them coming. We'll see. That's. We'll, I, I mean, we'll, I don't want. I don't want to over. I don't know. I mean, right now I'm in a dilemma of do I keep doing this or do I let it die or. I I got a couple more ideas, you know, but I don't know. I I one person brought me down a little bit, saying it was irresponsible of me to do the toilet paper thing because people are really struggling Ooh. to get. I, it, was, it was fun, not you know. I'm not telling people to go tackle people. There are haters I, everywhere. I can't. Don't I let them steal. Like, don't no, let them steal I, your I, joy. It doesn't, but I, I just couldn't actually believe that somebody, well, somebody drank fish tank cleaner. So. Yeah, that person needs these videos. They need to chill. <laughs> I watched the Chad Johnson football life. Child, please. The man's having fun. Let him have some fun. Uh, uh, we'll figure something out. I'm going to have some training tips for young linebackers, and then I'll have maybe, I got a couple of house cleaning tips in mind, and then I have some more uh, instructional stuff in mind so it's it's all good I, look man this is i'm in a fight and i'm happiest when i'm fighting back that's just who i am and i love fighting back just fantastic keep it up we'll keep this all up right. hopefully we encourage people everybody have a great day i'm gonna go demo some drywall yahoo baby <laughs> <laughs> talk to you again on wednesday